0: You are altogether lovely, altogether beautiful, altogether wonderful to me. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Would you like to sit down? And Layla's being made comfortable as well, which is good. Can I introduce myself? My name's Liz Ricketts. I'm um, one of the lay ministers here. Simon and I are doing this service because um, so many of the others are away, actually, and it's a great joy to be here. Particularly a joy to be here for Layla's baptism, I think. So, as a church, we have been following a series called Dare to be Different, otherwise known as the Pencil Series. As you can see, pencils are a theme of our church. We give them out in birthdays, and we have sermon series around them. Um, But really, this series was about what it means to be a Christian in a society that probably is moving away from Christianity as a basis. How are we called to be different as Christians, and to stand out from those around us. And as it happens, there was something in the paper that I picked up this week that really spoke into that. This is um, Tim Farron, who uh, was until recently leader of the Lib Dems. And you may know that during the election, he had quite a lot of problems because people started asking him questions related to his Christian faith. And in the end, he felt that was a factor, and he had to give up uh, that role of being um, a political leader. And uh, he said this this week, which I thought was interesting being harangued by journalists or slagged off by political opponents for my faith hardly compares with the struggles of, say, being a Christian in North Korea where you have a one-in-four chance of being imprisoned for your faith. But the point is that the Christian faith will always go against the grain of society. The Christian faith will always go against the grain of society. If you aren't struggling at least a bit against the expectations and assumptions of the world, then probably, as a Christian, you should be. All right, so he's saying that if you're a Christian today, in today's world, you are going to rub up against um, the society around us, which is uh, perhaps moving away from some of the Christian values that we would espouse. So over the last few weeks, we have looked at topics as varied as how to preserve our mental health, how Christians should view their bodies and we finish this week by looking at the topic of God and hope. Hope. Is there a difference between the way a Christian would look at hope and non-Christians might look at hope? Does that make a difference to the way we live our lives? Do we, seem, as Christians, seem to have more hope for the present and more hope for the future? So, to get us thinking about hope, and because you've been sitting there listening for a bit too long, I want you to imagine that you are an, in advertising, you're working in advertising. Does anyone work in advertising? No? Okay, so you're going to have to imagine this. And someone is give, has given you the brief of showing the concept of hope in an image. Perhaps a better image than this one that's on the screen. What would you come up with to express hope? And you might like to talk to your neighbor for a few minutes, see if you have similar ideas. Hope, go. Okay, they say in advertising that the first ideas are often the best ones. So let's see what ideas about hope we've got. Any images? What does hope look like? Anyone got a good one that they'd like to share? Go on, Bob. What's yours? For me, I think
1: so, yeah. Uh, The first image that came to mind was an anchor. Right. Okay. Uh, an anchor will hold uh, a ship firm, but it will also allow it
0: to move a little
1: bit around, but not drift away.
0: Okay. That's because Bob is a Christian, and he knows his Bible. Yes? We'll come back to the anchor. Okay. Jill? My immediate in- image was of a place full of people, and
2: the sunlight was all around, and everyone was looking upwards. So the sun was over the people,
0: the sun never sets, it okay. was up in the
3: sky as well.
0: Okay, so the image of sunshine, and Jill is an artist, so she sees things like that. Yes, Jackie?
2: And my immediate image was a little girl in a white dress coming to,
0: being brought to baptism. Yes.
2: And I think that that spells up hope for me.
0: Yeah, the image of Layla being baptised, that's hope for the future, isn't it? Um, I think for me it's a nice cold drink at
3: the end of a hard day's work. <laughs> That's the first thing that came to my head anyway.
0: You may know that James works in a pub. Anyone else? Oh, one more, Eileen.
2: A farmer going out to a field which looks so dry and he's planting his seed in the hope that it will grow.
0: Okay, a farmer planting seed, hopefully, in a dry field, not the dry field that they've got at New Wine, I don't think, no. Okay, let's look at the ones that I thought of and see if they um, are anything like yours. So, yeah, a seed shooting or a farmer planting seed uh, in a field... A baby, it should have been Layla up there probably, if I, um, but a baby and the hope for the future that is in a baby. Yep. Light at the end of the tunnel. That is often an image of hope, isn't it? That hope is like light at the end of a tunnel. And this one, balloon. Um, it seemed to me that when I was thinking about how the world around us considers hope that the balloon image was quite a good one because a balloon is full of hot air you send it up into the sky hopefully it is carried by the wind but anyone who's had a child with a balloon knows that there is the real danger of the child letting go or the balloon bursting and that leads to disillusion and sometimes the hopes that we have in the world feel as fragile as balloons. And then the Bible picture, which Bob has already um, referred to, is the picture of the anchor, which is probably not one that would readily come to mind. Um, The Bible talks about hope being an anchor anchor for us, and it's... um, It's something that is more certain and sure. We have hope as an anchor for the soul, firm and secure. Hope is something that holds you steady in the storm because it is holding on to God Himself. And uh, my understanding of anchors is that they're only as good as what they're embedded into. All right, so they need to be, I'm going to use the wrong terminology here. all you sailors, the prongs, I'm sure they're not called prongs, but um, need to be embedded into something firm. Um, And if they're embedded into sand, your anchor won't hold. So the picture in the Bible is that we are embedded into Christ, and that gives us strength and stability and hope for the future. As an old hymn says, in Christ alone I'll stand All other ground is shifting sand. So that's the sort of hope, that anchor hope, that we're really talking about today. And if we have that sort of hope in us, we should look different from those around us who don't have such hope. Our lives should look different. Our attitudes should be different. Our lives should be moored and tethered in Christ and centered and grounded in a different way. I wonder if you think that is true of yourself, if you would call yourself a Christian. When I talk to people more generally, particularly those with no professed faith, I often find that they are not very hopeful Christ, uh, Hopeful people. I think a lot of us today feel helpless to change things that are going on in the world. Many people feel that the world in general and their lives in particular are getting worse and not better. Or they perhaps feel a sort of fatalism and I hear this quite a lot as I talk to people now. What will be, will be. I can't change it. It feels like my destiny is set. And those who are trying to sell us things, and there are many of those, aren't there, try to harness hope to their causes. If you buy this, your life will be transformed. That's where the advertising agencies come in. And politicians also promise hope. If you vote for me, your life will be better. Hope can be a strong motivator, and especially a, a hopeful longing for change can be very powerful, especially if you are marginalised in a hopeless situation and especially for the young. And I think we've seen that, haven't we, with campaigns of hope. Uh, President Obama used hope as his metaphor. Trump promised hope and change for a group of people. Brexit was all about hope for a lot of people. Jeremy Corbyn seems to be a symbol of hope for others. However, if change is not delivered, or not quickly enough, delusion can quickly set in, and delusion can be dangerous and damaging. So I think there is a real opportunity for us to be different here, for Christians to stand out from those around them, and be people of hope, and to be those who bring hope into situations around them. And we're now going to have our Bible reading, and Diana's going to read us a wonderful passage from uh, Paul's letter to the Romans, which is all about the hope that we have. Thank you, Diana.
2: So the reading is taken from Romans chapter 5, verses 1 to 8. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. And we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Not only so, but we also rejoice in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance character, and character hope. And hope does not disappoint us, because God has poured out his love into our hearts by the Holy Spirit, whom he has given us. You see, at just the right time, when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous man, though for a good man someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this while we were still sinners, Christ died for us.
0: This is the word of the Lord. Thank you. So we are to be a people of hope hope for now and hope for the future. This passage in Romans says that as God's people, we have many reasons to hope now because when we come to know Jesus, so much changes in our everyday lives. So from that passage, here are six reasons for Christians to hope. We hope because we have a new relationship with God. We hope because we can stand in the grace and the love of God. We hope because we have the hope of seeing God's glory both in our world now and in the world to come. We hope because we can rejoice even in times of trouble and suffering. We hope because we have God's love poured into our hearts and we hope because God has given us the Holy Spirit to live in us and why is all that possible well it's not because we've earned it it's not because we've deserved it in any way but because of God's love and grace to us and Jesus' death for us as Paul says in that passage, you see, at just the right time, when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, though for a good person, somebody might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. So I was once living my own way, away from God, But Jesus died instead of me, and he lives so that I can know new life. When we have no power to change our situation, he did it all for us. And his love is open to all. So I could stop at that point and say that's all we need to know about hope and in a sense that is all we need to know about hope because that's what we build our lives on. But I do want to say a few other things and one is to give it a bit of a reality check. Um, I think when uh, Christians are told that they need to be people of hope What they automatically do is start putting an inane grin on their face and wander around. And every time somebody says, are you all right? They say, fine, fine, fine. Do you know people like that? Perhaps you think you're like that. And being a person of hope certainly doesn't mean that bad or cruel or wrong things will never happen to you or your family or your neighbors or your friends because we still live in an imperfect, fallen world. And if you notice, that passage mentioned suffering and endurance. Sometimes times are tough, and sometimes there doesn't seem to be an immediate answer. But the passage also mentions that in the middle of all that, we can know God's presence, and he can give us joy and peace. One of the things I like about that passage is it says, God's hope will never disappoint us, never put us to shame, never let us down. Some of you know that um, my dad died quite suddenly in February, and I'm still trying to work through all I have learnt and understood from that, and the difficult time that has followed that. But some of the things I learned from that are uh, about being as real and honest and natural with people who are grieving as you can be. So don't put on the grin. Don't deny the reality of grief and loss. And if people are upset, if Christians are upset, it doesn't mean that they have lost all their hope and all their faith. Weep with those who weep, Jesus says. And I suspect Jesus still does that. There are times when grieving people find it hard to pray, hold them up in prayer, and support in practical ways as well. The other thing I have learned through that period of my life is to make sure your life is anchored so that when you face stormy times, You can hold. Know that God loves you whatever is happening and know that he is in control even if you are in the middle of a storm. We can live in hope now and I think that means living hopefully and trusting in God's hope. And somebody who is doing that at the moment is Paul Rana and Simon is just going to come and interview Paul, and he'll tell us a little bit about what hope means in his life. Thanks, Liz. Paul, come on
1: up here. Those of you who don't know Paul, uh, Paul was born many years ago in Pakistan, and he wasn't born as Paul, he was born as Mohammed. And you came to this country 10 years ago, Paul? Uh,
3: 10, uh, 11
1: years ago. Yeah, 11 years ago, and um, you hold that... I may need to hold it because Paul doesn't know how to stop talking. When no, he's no, talking. no, 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 no. That's all right. <laughs> no. He came ten years ago. You had an encounter with Jesus yes. some seven years ago. You applied for asylum some seven years ago just after becoming a Christian. In 2010.
3: In 2010. And I have uh, had an encounter with Jesus in 2008. Right, yeah. And then afterwards in 2011 I've seen him in my dream as well.
1: yeah. And you applied for asylum. Asylum was turned down on the basis that it wasn't a genuine conversion. Yes. And you've been waiting since 2010, during which time you've been detained by um, uh, the uh, immigration authorities. Yes. You've been harassed by Muslims. Mm
3: -hmm. You've
1: been refused the right to work. Yes. Now, we're talking about hope today. Are you a man of hope?
3: I mean, I've got hope uh, uh, in in God, and uh, I know that He loves me, and uh, I'm really hopeful that uh, there is a light at the end of the tunnel. Mm-hmm. As uh, Tom was sitting next to me, said to me, it's right about it." Yeah,
1: yeah.
3: And uh, I'm—I uh, think so. I've already won that my victory was that I find find Jesus in my life Mm. that was my victory so I've already won I don't really really you know worried about whatever will God brings me for me in the future I think so uh, that would be right for me and uh, I'm just waiting for his will to be done not mine
1: so whatever happens you have an anchor yes God bless you
3: thank you
0: again. Shall we just pray for Paul? Okay, can you hear me? Yeah. Lord, it's one thing to uh, talk theoretically about what it's like to live in hope. It's another thing to have to walk each day Living in the hope that you are, have fu- your, my future in your hands. And I do pray for, for Paul that you would just give him real hope each day. That you are sorting out his future. There's a passage in scripture that says that God has for us a future and a hope. And we pray that for Paul. In Jesus' name. Amen. If you have a, a testimony of hope in dark times, there will be a short time later for you in this service for you to share that. 1 Corinthians 15 says this If it is only for this life that we have hope in Christ, we have all, are of all people most to be pitied. We have hope for our lives now, as Paul has shown, but we also have hope for the life beyond this life. Christian hope is based on Jesus, so it is now and forever, and resurrection is the down payment of our hope. If we know that Jesus rose from the dead, we know that death has been defeated, And our physical death will not be the end of our existence, and nothing, neither death nor life, will separate us from God's love. And I just wanted to illustrate this by um, some words that you might be familiar with. Can we have that anchor picture, please? My anchor holds within the veil. In every high and stormy gale, my anchor holds within the veil. We are going to sing this in a few minutes' time. Does anyone know what that means? Hands up if you think you know what that means. There's a few people who do. It's slightly obscure language. So I just wanted to use this to explain that there is behind this a wonderful truth that we need to hold on to. It's an important truth. The veil is the Jewish temple, was in the Jewish temple, and it covered the Holy of Holies, the place where God dwelt. And it was such a holy place that only the high priests could go in, and only on one day a year. It was a place of holiness and judgment. So that's what the veil refers to. And this is reminding us that when we finally come, into the presence of that holy God, our relationship with Jesus will still be our anchor. If we belong to him, he, Jesus, will stand beside us even at the day of judgment. There is such hope for the future for us, hope beyond death. We are to be a people of hope. And our hope stems from being in Christ, grounded in him, rooted in him, in relationship with him, the anchor of our life. So is God challenging you? Is God challenging you about how strong the anchor is, the center, the solid ground of your life? Finally, I think there is a challenge here for us to be hope bringers to those around us. Every situation that Jesus comes into, he changes. He comforts, he challenges, and he changes. And because of his relationship with God, his Father, he can stand strong when others can't because he always has hope and he has the power to change he it brings hope into what seem on the face of it hopeless situations so i want you would like you to think of a hopeless situation perhaps one that you feel despair about that seems unchanging or stuck or never getting better. And we're going to bring Jesus into that situation. First of all, I'd just like to show you this little video to inspire you. I remember another story in the Bible where a fisherman named Peter, he comes in from a long, hard night of work And a guy named Jesus approaches him and asks, how was your catch? And Peter says, we caught nothing. Then another time, Jesus and his disciples, they're standing in a field. And Jesus has gotten done speaking to 5,000 people. And Jesus tells his disciples, you better feed these people. And the disciples, they look down at their lunch pails and they said, we have nothing. Early on the first day of the week, Mary and the other Mary went to the tomb, and when they looked inside the tomb, they discovered to their surprise that there was nothing. I came here tonight to encourage somebody that when you see nothing, when you receive nothing, when you are faced with nothing, God is about to do something. Our God is in the business of bringing something out of nothing. Jesus turns nothing into something. Our God is in the business of bringing something out of nothing. He changes things. And when we carry Jesus into a situation, we carry hope. So let's pray. Lord, We pray for the situations that we're thinking of now, that we're lifting up to you, where nothing seems to be happening, where nothing seems to be changing. Lord, often we feel despair about these situations. Lord, we pray that you would come into these places and do something. When nothing seems to be happening, it's often because Jesus is about to do something. And we pray that you would unlock what needs to be unlocked and you would start what needs to be started and you would use us in those situations to bring hope and life and light. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.